welcome welcome to the inspired by the world world network it's always an awesome time here to connect um, time to go through the rhapsody of realities time for devotion time for prayer thank you each and every one of you for being consistent on this call um first of all we're going to start by praying in other songs we're going to be reading the scripture first timothy chapter 2 verse 1 and i'll be sharing it on the screen right now we're going to be praying for our leaders we go through the scripture we're going to be praying for our leaders the bible says in first timothy chapter 2 verse 1 that i exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. All right, let's begin to pray in other tongues as we pray for leaders of the nation. Let's begin, let's open up our mics and begin to weaponize our prayers towards this direction. Let's pray for salvation for all men. Mali basata kate prasata ribosonta kadena liba basanta rekadeshka ba we can all unmute our mics please barabosonta kadeshka bonda halikadina matari boshata kadeshka bonda halikadina mashata kadeshka bonda halikadina basata kadeshka bonda halikadina basapa andale boshota kadeda valida boshota matari boshota kadeshka bonda halikadina akata kadeshka andale kadeshka I'm <laughs> 
Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lika Kora Basuti Kibaya. Yes, Hallelujah. For our leaders, O God, and for all men, Lako Shaka Baradiga, Mika Kora Basuto Kubrada Gabaya. Yes, Hallelujah. The deception has come to an end. Hallelujah. Yes, Makoto Shaka Barada Busta. Their eyes are open. Hallelujah. The blindness is gone from their eyes. Hallelujah. And they're receptive to the word of God. Men and women all over the world. Lika Shunda Karadoska, Mika Toja Baradiga Baya. As we go out to win souls, Hallelujah. 
hearts are ready, ready for us by the power of the Holy Ghost. As we speak the word, hallelujah, we speak it with boldness, hallelujah, we speak it with conviction, hallelujah, and these ones, oh God, they are receptive to the word, they receive the word of life, they receive the word of truth, hallelujah, we see many giving their lives to Christ, oh God, we see many, oh God, receiving salvation, oh God, all over the world, your deception, oh God, of the vaccines are gone, oh God, men, oh God, their eyes are open, hallelujah, irrespective, oh God, of what the news media portrays, oh God, irrespective of what the news shows, oh God, men no longer fall, oh God, for those deceptions, oh God, but they are all yielded by the truth, oh God, they are yielded to the truth, oh God, they are convinced by the truth, oh God, we see the leaders of God standing for the truth and standing with the truth of God in the name of our Lord Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time of the day. You're welcome to the Inspired by the Word Global Times of Prayers. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Amarak. Over to you at this time for the daily devotional. Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the devotion inspired by the word devotion with the lord today's tuesday night and um today's title article title is stand in his righteousness and um our opening scripture is taken from romans 3 and verse 26 to declare i say at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in jesus Jesus Christ has become our righteousness. That's why in Christianity, we don't walk in our righteousness. Rather, we stand in his righteousness. We declare and boldly affirm that Christ is our righteousness and walk in the light of his righteousness. It's like being covered in his glory. You are not sin. It's his light that's sin. It's his glory that's sin. It's his power that's made manifest as you walk in his righteousness. That's our blessing as new creatures in Christ Jesus. Don't be performance conscious before God. Don't allow sin and the guilt of your mistakes dissipate your zeal for God and faith in him. Praise God. The beautiful thing about the Rhapsody devotional, it's the way it hits on a daily basis. Like there's just a message for everyone. And it's talking about the fact that, if you look at where it says that, it's like being covered in his glory. You are not seen. 
when he says that we are the righteousness of God, because it's something that we say very often, what exactly does it mean? And today we're seeing an explanation. He says, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. You know, um, when people have done wrong or they've made a mistake or an error, they, they feel like, oh, you know, for, for, of course, for a Christian, there's, there's, the, there's the guilt, there's, the, there's a conscience that pricks you and then you're like, um, you feel like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have acted in this way. So you feel, let's say corrected, because that's what it is. It's a correction, it's a nudge in your spirit telling you that this is not who you are. You should not have said that, you should not have acted that way. But we are not supposed to also allow the devil use that nudge in our spirit to condemn us. The Bible says, if our spirits condemn us, he said he's God. He's not like us. In that manner, when he was talking about it in the scripture, he said he will not condemn us because he already condemned Christ on the cross. Brothers and sisters, every time when we say Christ took our place, for instance, when we break bread, we remind ourselves the fact that Christ was, was, was given in exchange for us. He took our place that we might take his place. He took a place of sin that we might become the righteousness of God. If God therefore condemns you for you doing wrong, then the death of Christ was in vain. If you forget everything I said today, don't forget this. If God condemns you for doing wrong, the death of Christ was in vain. It was not necessary and it was not required. This is why he talked about Jesus. He said, being our high priest, he said, our advocate before the father. In Job, we heard about the fact that when the sons of God came, he said the devil showed up. And why did he show up? He came to accuse the children of God. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He said he goeth to and fro, looking for whom to devote. God knowing who he came, who was on topmost on his mind, which was Job. He said, uh -uh, have you not seen my servant Job? There's nobody like him in the world. Is it because Job had not done anything wrong? When you read Job and you read the conversations of Job, there was a time you feel like flogging Job. You're like, uh -uh, Job, why would you say such a thing? Because when God showed up and began to talk to Job, <laughs> Job immediately 
he repented and said, God, no, I'm not going to say anything anymore. You have said it all. I'm already ashamed that I was caught saying some of the things that I said. So when he was saying that Job is the meekest man on the earth, when he was talking about the righteousness of Job, it was not because with his mouth or in his actions, he may not have done something wrong. Because even in the Old Testament, God was already trying to push the consciousness of righteousness through the cleansing of bulls and animals. But it did not work. Because even though he dealt with the matter of sin, he did not give them the ability not to return to sin. But Jesus dealt with it once and for all. Because this thing about guilt and it dissipating the zeal of a Christian for God and faith in God is one of the tools that the devil is using, especially in these last days. So you find that maybe you, somebody is even one to Christ. And this is something you must teach to your new converts. Someone is one to Christ. And then he makes a mistake and he feels like he's no longer born again. The best analogy I can give is a child who is learning to walk. He probably takes a step or a two and he falls or she falls. But does it mean that she will never walk again? Does it mean that he will never walk again? No, that child will end up walking. That child will end up running. That child just needs to continue taking steps. Don't be that one that tried and then you made a mistake or you failed and then you give up on yourself. This is why sin consciousness and carrying guilt for a while is actually a sign of pride. And it's one of the pride that you must deal with in your life. Never be so conscious of your righteousness that you cannot forgive yourself for a wrong that you did. You say, hey, hold me. A whole me, how could I have made such a mistake? A whole me, me that I'm a leader in church, me that I'm this, me that I'm that. How could I have made such a mistake? How could I have said that kind of thing? A whole you, yes, it was a whole you that Jesus came to die for. A whole you could not pay for your life, could not pay for your sin. God had to send Jesus. So never feel that a whole you had to make a mistake. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So every time God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of him. He sees Christ. When you pray, he doesn't hear your voice. He hears the voice of Christ. This is why we have answers at every point in time when we pray in the name of Jesus. You've become the effulgence of his righteousness because he manifests his righteousness through you. He took your place of sin and gave you his righteousness. Now he manifests his righteousness through you. This is an amazing reality. Your new life started with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The old you was buried. When Christ was raised out of the dead, a new you came out. The old one does not exist. This is why we get born again. So that the old man can die and a new creation be born. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. 
He's saying, walk in the newness of life. Don't stay in your errors. Don't stay in your mistakes. Walk in the newness of, your, of life. Go back to the word. Go back to church. Go back to the things they are doing for God. You're serving as a cell leader and, oh, you blew it. Go back to it. Continue to walk. Continue to walk. I like the fact that the word is walk because I use the example of a baby who might be learning to walk and falling. You may try to walk in this newness of life and it feels like you are falling. Stand up again and walk. You will not only walk, you will jump. You will run in this newness of life and you will enjoy all the blessings and all the benefits. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new species or kind of man, born in righteousness. This is the reason you can practice righteousness and produce fruits and works of righteousness because that's your nature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It is your nature. Believe it. Confess it. Your nature is to be righteous. Do you know why when you do wrong, your, 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 your conscience pricks you? Because it is not in your nature to do wrong. The man of sin does wrong and does not feel bad. That's the point. That you feel bad about the mistake you made. It is because it is not in your nature to do wrong. Your nature is the nature of Christ Jesus. So if that conscience at any point in time pricks you, lift up your hands and say, thank you, Father. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin has no power over me. I endorse my forgiveness. I endorse my righteousness. And I declare that I'm unblameable and I'm irreproachable before God and before man. Thank you so much for listening. I'll hand over to Sister Joy to take us through the further study and the Arual Confession. God bless you. Wow. Thank you so much, Ma, for that very inspiring administration. Good morning, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. I'm going to be taking the further study from Romans 6, 4 to 5. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And finally, Philippians 3, 8 to 9. Ye doubtless, and I count all blessed all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dunk, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, 
but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Praise God. Right now, we're going to be taking the confession together. Please don't unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. It's on the screen. My righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I have boldness in the presence of God to worship him in love and holiness of truth. The blood of Jesus gave me access and life. And by his resurrection, I stand justified forever with dominion over Satan, circumstances, and the cohorts of darkness. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brodozier as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the new year, of the new of the one year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Thank you so much. Hi, brothers. You need to unmute your mic. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much, um, Sister Maka, for this wonderful platform. Thank you, Sister Joy. Thank you, everyone, for being consistent with the daily Bible reading. We are reading the New Testament um, Bible reading, and we've been reading the book of Mark, the New Testament. We're reading the message translation. It's been a very interesting read. Today, we're jumping into Mark chapter 14. All right, I'm sure you can see my screen at the moment. So I, we're reading the message translation. So the caption is Mark chapter 14, verse 1 to 26. Anointing his head. Praise God. In only two days, the eighth day festival of Passover and the feast of unleavened bread will begin. The high priest and religion scholars were looking for a way they could seize Jesus by stealth and kill him. They, they agreed that it should not be done during Passover week. We don't want the crowd up in arms, they said. Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon the leper. While he was eating dinner, a woman came up carrying a bottle of very expensive perfume. Opening the bottle, she poured it on his head. Some of the guests became furious among themselves. That's criminal, a sheer waste. This perfume could have been sold for well over a year's wages and handed out to the poor. They swelled up in anger, nearly busting with indignation over her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why are you giving her a hard time? She has just done something wonderfully significant for me. You will have the power with you every day for the rest of your lives. Whenever you feel like it, you can do something for them. Not so with me. She did what she could when she could. She pre-anointed my body for burial. 
And you can be sure that wherever in the whole world the message is preached, what she did is going to be talked about admirably. Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the cabal of high priests, determined to betray him. They couldn't believe their ears and promised to pay him well. He started looking for just the right moment to hand him over. The caption, traitor to the son of man. On the, day of, on the, on the first of the days of unleavened bread, the day they prepared the Passover sacrifice, his disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations so you can eat the Passover meal? He directed two of his disciples, go into the city. A man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him. Ask the owner of whichever house he enters. The teacher wants to know, where is my guest room? where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples. He will show you a spacious second story room, swept and ready, prepare for us there. The disciples left, came to the city, found everything just as he had told them and prepared the Passover meal. After sunset, he came with the 12. As they were at the supper table eating, Jesus said, I have something hard but very important to say to you. One of you is going to hand me over to the conspirators. One who at this moment is eating with me. Stunned, they started asking one after another. It isn't me, is it? He said, it's one of the 12. One who eats with me out of the same bowl. In one sense, it turns out that the Son of Man is entering into a way of treachery, well marked by the scriptures. No surprises here. In another sense, the man who turns him in turns traitor to the Son of Man. Better never to have been born than do this. The caption, this is my body. In the course of their meal, Having taken and blessed the bread, he broke it and gave it to them. Then he said, take, this is my body. Taking the chalice, he gave it to them, thanking God, and they all drank from it. He said, this is my blood, God's new covenant, poured out for many people. I will not be drinking wine again until the new day when I drink it in the kingdom of God. They sang a hymn and then went directly to Mount Olives. I may the Lord bless this reading in our heart, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Sister Maka. All right, now hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament. Old Testament. Wow. Thank you very much, Brother Z. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. We now head over to the Old Testament. Uh, we're reading, we've been reading Numbers, the book of Numbers, and we're reading the story of Balaam and Balak. So today we are going to chapter 24, and then um, we want to see 
the concluding part of this amazing story today. We have three chapters to go to this so I'll be a little bit faster than usual. Thank you once again, esteemed Amarak, for this opportunity. So, Numbers 24, verse 1. By now, Balaam realized that God wanted to bless Israel, so he didn't walk in any sorcery as he had done earlier. He turned and looked out over the wilderness. As Balaam looked, he saw Israel camped tribe by tribe. The Spirit of God came on him and he spoke his oracle message. Verse 3, decree, decree of Balaam, son of Beor. Yes, decree of a man with 2020 vision. Decree of a man who hears God speak, who sees what the strong God shows him, who falls on his face in worship, who sees what's really going on. What beautiful tents, Jacob. Oh, your homes, Israel. Like valleys stretching out in the distance, like gardens planted by rivers, like sweet herbs planted by the gardener, God. Like red cedars by pools and springs, their buckets will brim with water. Their seed which will, spread like, will spread life everywhere. Their king will tower over Agag and his ilk. Their kingdom surpassingly majestic. God brought them out of Egypt, rampaging like a wild ox, gulping enemies like muscles of meat, crushing their bones, snapping their arrows. Israel crouches like a lion and naps. King of the beasts, who dares disturb him? Whoever blesses you is blessed. Whoever curses you is cursed. Balak lost his temper with Balaam. He shook his fists. He said to Balaam, I got you in here to curse my enemies. And what have you done? Bless them. Bless them three times. Get out of here. Go home. I told you I would pay you well, but you are getting nothing. You can blame God. Balaam said to Balak, didn't I tell you up front when you sent your emissaries? Even if Balak gave me his palace stuffed with silver and gold, I couldn't do anything on my own, whether good or bad, that went against God's command. I'm leaving for home and my people, but I warn you of what these people will do to your people in the days to come. Then he spoke his oracle message, decree of Balaam, son of Beor, decree of the man with 2020 vision, decree of the man who hears God's godly speech, who knows what's going on with the high God? Who sees what the strong God reveals? Who bows in worship and sees what is real? I see him, but not right now. I perceive him, but not right here. A star rises from Jacob, a scepter from Israel, crushing the heads of Moab, the skulls of all the noisy windbags. I see Edom stood off at auction. Enemy seer marked down at the flea market while Israel walks off with the trophies. A ruler is coming from Jacob who will destroy what's left in the city. Then Balaam spotted Amalek and delivered an oracle message. He said, Amalek, you are in first place among nations right now, but you are going to come in last, ruined. He saw the Kenites and delivered the oracle message to them. Your home is in a nice, secure place, like a nest high on the face of, cliff, of a cliff. Still, you Kenites will look stupid when Asher takes you prisoner. Balaam spoke his final oracle message. Doom, who stands a chance when God starts him? Sea peoples, raiders from across the sea will harass Asher and Eber. 
or they will also come to nothing, just like all the rest. Balaam got up and went home. Balak also went on his way. Now we move to chapter 25. The caption is the orgy of Shittim. While Israel was camped at Shittim, Acacia Grove, the men began to have sex with Moabite women. It started when the women invited the men to their sex and religion worship. They ate together and then worshiped their gods. Israel ended up joining in the worship of the Baal of Beor. God was furious, his anger blazing out against Israel. God said to Moses, take all the leaders of Israel and kill them by hanging, leaving them publicly exposed in order to turn God's anger away from Israel. Moses issued orders to the judges of Israel. Each of you must execute the men under your jurisdiction who joined in the worship of Baal. Just then, while everyone was weeping in penitence at the entrance of the tent of meeting, an Israelite man flaunting his behavior in front of Moses and the whole assembly paraded a Midianite woman into his family tent. Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw what he was doing, grabbed his spear and followed them into the tent. With one trust, he drove his spear through the two of them, the man of Israel and the woman right through their midsections that stopped the plague from continuing among the people of Israel. But 24,000 had already died. God spoke to Moses. Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, has stopped my anger against the people of Israel. But he was as zealous for my honor as I myself am. I didn't kill all the people of Israel in my zeal. So tell him that I am making a covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants are joined in a covenant of eternal priesthood because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the people of Israel. The name of the man of Israel who was killed with the Midianite woman was Zimri, son of Salu, the head of the Simeonite family. And the name of the Midianite woman who was killed was Cosby, daughter of Zor, a tribal chief of Midianite family. Verse 16, God spoke to Moses from here on, Make the Midianites your enemy. Fight them tooth and nail. They turned out to be your enemies when they seduce you in the business of pure. And that woman, Cosby, daughter of a Midianite leader, a woman who was killed at the time of the plague in the matter of pure. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless his reading. And I hand over to you, Extreme Damarak. Take us to number 26. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you to Brother Jose for the New Testament reading. When Brother John started reading, I started screaming. You probably did not hear me because my mic was muted. But I want to know how many of you observed something at the beginning of chapter 24. If you observed it, I want you to, to post on the chat room. It was the first thing that Brother John had read. He said, if you, if you were with us yesterday, you would understand why I was shouting. He said, by now, Balaam realized that God wanted to bless Israel. Uh -uh. The question is, was he, is he a joker? 
all the while that God was saying that Israel was blessed and cannot be caused, did he think God was joking? So you could see a man of God that wanted to change the mind of God, a man of God who was a spokesman for God, but did not believe in the God that he stood for. Look at the next sentence. That's the one that blew my head. So he didn't walk in any sorcery as he had done earlier. Ah, balakabashatabaya. He was a man of God, but all the while until this verse, the Bible said he was walking in sorcery. To show you the character of this man of God, you see, because when someone like Pastor Chris, for instance, has been saying a lot of things, he's been saying recently, especially in the Your Love Word sessions, and he was telling us how that no genuine man of God will come and tell you that there is something called one religion where we will mix Christianity, mix Islam and traditional worship and atheists together. After all, we serve one God. No, we don't serve one God. We don't. That is a man of God who is already employing sorcery. With, you know, I used to say it, everything is in the Bible. It is in the Bible. This same man of God, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we read it in Numbers 24, but if you read about it in the stories of the kings and in the stories of the, of the Israelites, in, 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 especially in the... In, in the King's um, 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 Chronicles in Samuel, where he was talking, even in Psalms, where by the, by the prophetic, they were referring to these times. Look at the next chapter in chapter 25. It said how that, how come suddenly the children of Israel were not joining the Moabites to sing? He said the men began to have sex with the Moabite women. And if you are a Bible scholar, you would remember that when Balaam saw that he could not curse these children of Israel because they were blessed of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, you are blessed of the Lord. Nobody can curse you. Settle it in your heart. You cannot be cursed. You cannot be affected by any generational curse. You know, all those things that they say that, oh, your mother, it was like this with her. Your father had it. Your father's father had it. Stop it. Stop Stop accepting such things. You cannot be cursed. You are blessed. So when Balaam saw that he could not curse the children of Israel, do you know what he did? He told Balak, King Balak of Moab, he said, you see these people, you cannot curse them because they are blessed of God. But you can cause them to sin against their God so their God can be the one to punish them. Say you want them reduced. Say you want, you don't like the fact that there are many on the earth, right? There's a story about these people. In different times through their generations, they had sinned against God and God killed some of them. A lot of them died. There was a time 70,000 died. There was a time this thing, this thing happened. So Balaam was telling Balak, it's in the Bible. I don't want to take us away from the Bible reading, but maybe that's your assignment. After this devotion, go and look for it in the Bible. So Balaam told Balak that the only way you can destroy these people is to cause them to sin against God. And that's what happened in chapter 25. That is exactly what we just read. 
He said, while Israel was camped at Shitim Makassia Groove, the men began to have sex with the Moabite women. I thought that King Moab, the king of Moab, wanted these people cursed. How come did these people began to mix with them? I thought he hated them so much that he didn't want to have anything to do with them. Was it not the same person that did not allow them pass through his land? He was one of them. He said he started when the women invited the men. Look at it. The women, they used their women. They went in to invite the men to their sex and religion worship. He said they ate together and they worshiped their gods. See, they went as far as the leaders, to the top. The man that was killed by Phenihaz, we've been reading through the scriptures. His name is not new to you. You, you know him, you've heard his name countless times. Zimri, son of Salu, he was the head of the Simeonite family. We have called his name again and again. Every time that the families of the children of Israel were counted, we called his name. You, I'm sure the name is familiar to you, especially if you've been reading the scriptures with us since we started these devotional times. Men of God like Balaam, beware of them in these last days because they exist. Who for the money that somebody will give them, they would refuse the word of God, knowing the stance of God concerning the matter, they will preach another message and the Bible calls it sorcery. They will seek to bribe God to change his mind. Sorcery, you just read it in chapter 25. Let's read chapter 26. Censor on the plains of Moab. After the plague, God said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, number the entire community of Israel by families. Count every person who is 20 years and older, who is able to serve in the army of Israel. Now God is angry. God now wants to destroy all the enemies of Israel so that there will not be a case of an enticing into sex and God relief, sex and, and religion and, and worship. Verse three, obeying God's command, Moses and Eliza, the priests, addressed them on the plains of Moab at Jordan Jericho. Count off from age 20 and older. The people of Israel who came out of the land of Egypt, Reuben, Israel's firstborn, the sons of Reuben were Hanok and the Hanokite clan, Palu and the Paluite clan, Hezron and the Hezronite clan, Carmi and the Carmite clan. This made up the Reubenite clans. They numbered 43,730. The son of Palu, Eliab, the sons of Eliab, Nemuel, Dathan, and Abiram. Remember Dathan and Abiram, right? Can you see that they were leaders? Can you see? Don't think that you have gone so far in the kingdom of God and you are a top leader in ministry. He said, let him that thinketh he standeth beware lest he fall. Don't think at any point in time that you have arrived, that you know too much, that your pastor is now teaching and you are questioning the content of your pastor's message. When, it, when he read from you for the, from the Bible, it is Bible he preached to you. He didn't preach another message. Look at the sons of Eli, Datan and Abiram. These were the same Datan and Abiram, community leaders from Kohar, Korah's gang, who rebelled against Moses and Aaron in the Korah rebellion against God. Look at it. He said it was not Moses and Aaron that they rebelled against, though it appeared like that. He said they rebelled against God. 
you rebel against your leader, you rebel against your pastor. It is not them, it is God, because they are in that office because God put them. A man of God represents God. And if that man of God teaches you the word of God and you get so offended that you rebel against him, it is not him that you rebel against. It is Christ. It is God because he put them in the office. The earth opened its jaws and swallowed them along with Korah's gang who died when the fire ate them up, all 250 of them. After all these years, look at 250 people. They derailed 250 people. In these last days, these men of God who are coming out and standing against the word, there are many who are following them. But their judgment is before them. But we keep praying that before the rapture, they might realize themselves and they may turn. And the people that they have derailed also, we are praying. We are praying intensely. That's why we pray at the beginning of this session every day for the first 15 minutes. We're praying for kings. We're praying for those in authority, including those in authority in houses of God. And for all men. After all these years, there are still a warning sign. But the line of Korah did not die out. Verse 12, the sons of Simeon by clans, Nemuel and the Nemuelites clan. Jamin and the Jaminite clan, Jakin and the Jakinite clan, Zerah and the Zerahite clan, Shaul and the Shaulite clan. These were the clans of Simeon. They numbered 22,200 men. The sons of God by clans, Zephon and the Zephonite clan, Hagig, Hagi and the Haggite clan, Shuni and the Shunite clan, Ozni and the Oznite clan, Eri and the Erite clan, Arodi and the Arodite clan, Ereli and the Erelite clan. These were the clans of God. They numbered 40,500 men. Er and Onan were sons of Judah who died early in Canaan. The sons of Judah by clans, Shelah and the Shelanite clan, Perez and the Perezite clan, Zerah and the Zerahite clan, the sons of Perez, Hezron and the Hezronite clan, Hamul and the Hamulite clan. These were the clans of Judah. They numbered 76,500. The sons of Issachar by clans, Tola, Tola and the Tola, Tolaite clan, Pua and the Puite clan, Jashub and the Jashubite clan, Shimron and the Shimronite clan. These were the clans of Issachar. They numbered 64,300. Verse 26, the sons of Zebulon by clans, Sered and the Seredite clan, Elon and the Elonite clan, Jali and the Jalilite clan. These were the clans of Zebulon. They numbered 60,500. 38 and um, 28, verse 28. The sons of Joseph by clans through Manasseh and Ephraim. Through Manasseh, Makir and the Makirite clan. Now Makir was the father of Gilead. Gilead and the Gileadite clan. The sons of Gilead, Lezer and the Lezerite clan. Helek and the Helekite clan. Asriel and the Asrielite clan. Sichem and the Sichemite clan. Shimida and the Shimidaite clan. Hesfa, Hefa, and the Hepharite clan, Zelophehad, son of Zephah, had no sons, only daughters. Their names were Mala, Noah, Hogal, Milcha, and Tiza. These were the clans of Manasseh. They numbered 52,700. The sons of Ephraim by clan, Shutela and the Shutelahite clan. 
Beker and the Bekerite clan, Tahan and the Tahanite clan, the sons of Shutela, Aaron and the Aaronite clan. These were the clans of Ephraim. They numbered 32,500. These are all the sons of Joseph by, by their clans. The sons of Benjamin by their clans, Bela and the Belaite clan, Ashbel and the Ashbelite clan, Ahiram and the Ahiramite clan, Shufam and the Shufamite clan, Hufam and the Hufamite clan, the sons of Bela through Erd and Neman, Erd and the Erite clan, Neman and the Naamite clan. These were the clans of Benjamin, they numbered 45,600, the sons of Dan by clan. Shuham and the Shuhamite clan. These are the clans of Dan, all Shuhamite clans. They numbered 64,400. The sons of Asher by clan, Imna and the Imnite clan, Ishvi and the Ishvite clan, Beria and the Beriite clan, the sons of Beria, Hebe and the Heberite clan, Makel and the Makelite clan. Asher also had a daughter, Sarah. They, these were the clans of Asher. They numbered 53,400. The sons of Naphtali by clans. Jazil and the Jazilite clan. Guni and the Gunite clan. Jezer and the Jezerite clan. Shime, Shilem and the Shilemite clan. These were the clans of Naphtali. They numbered 55,400. The total number of the people, Israel, 601,730. God spoke to Moses, verse 52. Divide up the inheritance of the land based on population. A larger group gets a larger inheritance. A smaller group gets a smaller inheritance. Each gets its inheritance based on the population count. Make sure that the land is assigned by lot. Each group's inheritance is based on population, the number of names listed in its ancestral tribe, divided among the many and the few by lot. These are the numberings of the Levites by clan. Geshon and the Geshonite clan, Kohat and the Kohatite clan, Merari and the Merariite clan, the Levite clans also included the Libnite clan, the he Hebronite clan, the Malite clan, the Mushite clan, the Korahite clan. Kohat was the father of Amran. Amran's wife was Joshebed, a descendant of Levi, born into the Levi family during the Egyptian years. Joshebed bore Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam to Amran. Aaron was the father of Nadab and Abihu, Eliza and Ithamar. However, Nadab and Abihu died when they offered unauthorized sacrifice in the presence of God. The numbering of, Lev of Levite males one month and older came to 23,000. They hadn't been counted in with the rest of the people of Israel because they didn't inherit any land. These are the ones numbered by Moses and Eliza, the priests, the people of Israel counted in the plains of Moab at Jordan Jericho. Not one of them had among those had been among those by Moses and Aaron the priest in the censor of the people of Israel taken in the wilderness of Sinai. For God had said to them, said of them, they would die, die in the wilderness. Not one of them would be left except for Caleb, son of Jephunel, and Joshua, son of Nun. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I will always be counted among those who are doing the right thing. Praise God. Over to you, Brother Martins, for the Pauline affirmation.
Brother Martins, are you there? Good morning. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Amata, for this opportunity, our formation. Okay, this morning we're taking our formation, starting with our names. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of revelation and knowledge of Christ. Second paragraph, I, you say your name. I'm granted according to the riches of the, praise the Lord. I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute at this moment as we take our formation at the count of three. One, two, three. My name is Martin. my love abounds more and more for glory and praise of Amen, 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 hallelujah. I will now take the communion, get your communion materials ready. I'm reading from First Corinthians chapter 11. From verse 23, of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we remember to, we remember today what Christ did for us by his death, burial, and resurrection, his ascension, his glorification. Thank you for the office wherein he brought us an office of blessing wherein we can never be cursed, not in any situation, not by anyone and not in any place. The curse of the law does not pertain unto us. The curse of the land does not affect us. We walk in tremendous blessings, even today, the blessings of Christianity, the blessings of the seed of Abraham, our daily experience, 
and we return with testimonies in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please break the bread and take it. Verse 25, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the new testament in my blood. These two years, often as you drink it in remembrance of me, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you just show the Lord's death till he comes. Thank you, Lord, for the cup of the new covenant sealed with the blood of Jesus. As often as we take this cup, we declare that we are who you say we are. We have what you say we have. We can do what you say we can do. And we are where you say we are. You are to us who the word says you are. Jesus Christ is to us who the word says he is. The Holy Spirit is to us who the word says he is. And we enjoy our rights in Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can take the call. Please, on moment, please unmute and say the benediction. Let's say the benediction. Thank you so much, everybody, for connecting. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bye. 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 Bye.